Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John Woolley, content creator for the Instagram page, Make Wads Great Again. Welcome back to the show. Guess what, guys? We're right pushing up to the end of the year, which uh, means all you guys are thinking about your New Year's resolutions. Uh, me too. I mean, I'm not going to keep any of them, but I'm thinking about them. <laughs> and uh, so based on that, we're going to talk about nutrition tonight, because I know a lot of you guys like me are thinking, how can I get that ripped body going into uh, into the next year? I'm not going to get one, but I'm going to commit to doing it now, even though I'm not going to get it. Um, anyway, so I have a nutritionist on, so this is pretty exciting. E.C. Sanowski, how are you? Mm-hmm. Good. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, no, thanks for being on. Uh, so you have uh, Optimize Me Nutrition, is that the, that's the name of your your website? Correct. Yeah, I started about a couple years ago after my second master's um, and also coming off my career with CrossFit uh, HQ. I, uh, I actually, I don't do a lot of research on these podcasts and it shows usually, but I actually watched one of your TED Talks today. I was very oh, proud. Cool. I was proud of myself. Wow. Okay. How'd that, yeah. How'd that come about? That's every time I see somebody on a TED talk, I'm like, I want to do that just so I can have a video of that big TED sign behind me. <laughs> and you want the picture with the big TEDx behind you? Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I had done another speaking thing that's out here, and I'm in Boulder, Colorado. They have Ignite, which actually is in a lot of different cities, but it's yeah. kind of a public speaking five minute deal. And and so then I did that, a, I guess, two years ago. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess the next challenge is TEDx. So. So yeah, I did that in October and it was good. It was fun. Definitely a good experience. <laughs> no, that's very cool. I would, uh, I'd probably wet my pants. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm comfortable talking in front of people, but uh, something about a TED talk would just stress me out. How, how'd it feel? Was it stressful? Yeah, I think, I think the morning of, I was like, oh God, I don't want to do this. But then you've put so much time and effort to it as, as the hours got closer, I was like, okay, it's go time. And one of the things that I really like when I do do public speaking is if you can see the audience, sometimes with lights, it's hard to see them, but I could really see them, which helps the engagement, right? Like you can see their reactions. And so you can kind of play off that where if it's just so all the lights and you can't see them, I think it's much harder. So I've, I felt relatively good during it. <laughs> well, you were in Colorado. They're probably all high anyway. So. <laughs> you got a good point. They weren't listening. <laughs> yeah. they're all, Well, you know, and as a nutritionist, they're probably like, man, screw her. I got the munchies. Like, I want some brownies, <laughs> some edibles. <laughs> I don't, right. I, I, don't I know as much about weed as I do nutrition. So this is going to be a fun conversation. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So let's, let's talk about, um, I don't know. Let's talk about New Year's resolutions. Like everybody's yeah. going to have one. How am I going to yeah. not? How am I not going to be a fat piece of shit in, in twenty twenty? Yeah, gonna, I what mean, are you going to do for me? Yeah, I think I think one of the things that I would love to help do with optimize me nutrition and even with people's New Year's resolutions is bring some sort of simplicity and clarity to it. And I think one of the things that happens is people. It's almost like when they're doing CrossFit, right? They they see a video of Matt Fraser and they're like, "I want to do that." And you're like, "Yeah, but you can't overhead squat yet." So we got to start. We got to back it up a few levels. And I think it's the same thing with nutrition. Um, people will make these like, "I'm going to do this most perfect diet ever with 25 different rule structures and never eating at these times." Um, and then on January 3rd, they're no longer doing it, right? So. It's, hey, what can we put in place that's sustainable and that you can actually achieve? And then once you see success with that, yeah, sure, let's add on and make it more specific if you need to. Um, So how are you going to do it? Like, Hopefully, we can find one thing that's a little bit of a reach, but we know that you can actually do it. All right. What's that one thing going to be? Don't make it too hard. Don't stress (laughs) me out. Well, you know... I don't want to be a walking billboard for it, but I do like the 800 gram challenge, which is the kind of this idea I've put out there and a bunch of gyms have jumped on board, but to eat 800 grams by weight of fruits and vegetables each day. 
and then no other rules. And, and that's sort of the reason why I love it because guess what? People like wine, people like dark chocolate, people like ice cream. And so to put all these rules of like, I'm never going to have that, or I have to count all my calories. You just, you lose a lot of interest in buy-in. So let's flip the script a little bit and talk about adding some good stuff to the diet, but then not obsessing about all the things we have to take away. Well, it's good because I'm drinking a glass of wine right now. <laughs> I saw that. So that I works out. <laughs> now that doesn't count towards your 800 grams though. You can't count wine grams. Towards. It's grapes. This is a, this is a fruit salad. Don't let anyone tell you different. It's my fruit salad. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I do get that question. You're starting, you're starting to see the problem in my diet plan. Like Correct. Like, Correct. Yeah. And I do that for all of them. Whiskey's rye. So that's, you know, it's basically it's a salad. Grain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much. <laughs> it's basically salad, you know, basically beer is barley and oats. It's like breakfast cereal. You know, yeah. this is really easy to figure out. <laughs> Actually, I did have a good laugh. I was looking at your Instagram page today and the first one was, uh, Breaking news, obesity epidemic uh, linked to major confusion about salads. So <laughs> then it had potato salad and ambrosia salad. I'm like, those are great salads. Like, I, I don't know what her problem is. I love a good potato salad. Oh man. I know somebody actually, uh, yeah, somebody sent me a, a picture of some candied apple salad and you couldn't see any apples. All you could see was whipped cream. I was like, Oh man, this needs to be a post. <laughs> well, so this is true. Like, so I was raised in the South. You'll probably start to figure out all my nutrition problems. So I was raised in the South and, uh, you know, every, you know, party birthday, whatever, everybody's bringing food and everyone would bring salads. And I use that term very loosely because, First of all, the salad's made with like a gallon of mayonnaise, and then it's mm -hmm. usually either pasta, potatoes. Uh, to your point, it might have apples in it, which then is a healthy salad, uh -huh. still like <laughs> filled with you know mayo and whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's but everything is labeled a salad. You, you know? can't figure out why you're not leaning out. You know, you're having salad. <laughs> I was the lucky one in my family, and I guess this is probably a good kind of segue into the conversation. Like I was, I'm the one that had the high metabolism. And so mm, okay. I could eat all that crap, but I was always really thin mm -hmm. right up until adulthood. And then I found CrossFit and that really kind of helped, helped me along. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the rest of my family never had that benefit. And even now, or just now, you know, my parents have, have recently, uh, my dad started CrossFit at 75 and, and my mom put him on a, on a diet, on a new diet, you know, okay. and they're losing weight and feeling great about themselves, but they're finally eating healthy, you know, yeah, that's, and, Great. Too bad it happened at 75, but still can make improvements there. Yeah. You know, but you know, I, I haven't asked how much, uh, how many of these potato salads they've had. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just it too. Like, you know, I don't think a lot of people can jump right into, let's say the 800 gram challenge or paleo or pick your diet of choice. If it is something so simple as we're going to replace the French fries with potato salad, people can see benefit there. And I think that's what people lose sight of with nutrition is that anything that moves people towards a better quality control or quantity control, you're going to see results. And so it ends up being a lot of confusion because it's like, well, this person is still eating McDonald's, but they're losing weight. And it's like, yeah, but they're eating less McDonald's. Right. <laughs> they might not be at optimal yet, but they can still see results. And so I really try to encourage that just like you would scaling a workout, push people towards anything that's better than what they were doing because they will get results there. So when you say grant, like, you know, I'm not real smart. So let's talk to grams. <laughs> like if I need to do 800 grams, I weigh 180, I'm six feet tall, 180 pounds. Okay. And I need to take in 800 grams of fruits and vegetables. What's that really look like? What yeah. are we talking about? I know. Uh, for the U.S. audience, it's about, yeah. it's, it's actually a, a pound and three quarters, which sounds huge, but that's about six cups, about six cups of fruits and vegetables. It fits on a standard dinner plate. Although you certainly want, wouldn't want to have it at dinner alone. Right. <laughs> You're going to want to spread it out through the day. And so 
for people that are like, I'm not weighing and measuring. I also use the fist system. A closed fist looks is about the size of a cup. And so you very much can get pretty darn close just using an approximation system. Um, so it's a good way to think about it is like two cups at each main meal or two pieces of fruit or two cups of veggies at each main meal. Okay. Any, any restrictions to the fruit? Or are we just like all fruit's good? All, all, fr- good. All, all fruit matters. That's one of the things that I'm like just beating the hammer on. And, and this idea that fruit is sugar has just got to go. I mean, I don't know who started it, but it's a problem. You know, our chronic disease epidemic is not because people are eating too many apples. Like it's... <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was Greg Glassman that started it. I love Greg, but uh, you know their most recent stuff, like they're real sugar averse, uh, including fruits. And you know, again, I'm not. I, we don't need to debate the virtues of CrossFit's nutritional stuff. Sure. I, I love what they're doing, but uh, but I'm with you. Like, who who actually started it? Do you know? Was it was no, it CrossFit? No, it wasn't because it was around you know, way many years ago, I don't actually know. Um, you know, and, and what the key is, is you'll see research that talks about excessive fructose consumption. And then people are like, oh, fruit has fructose, same thing. It's like, no, no, no. Excessive fructose is way different than just like eating an apple. And so that's what gets lost in translation. But I would also say, and I can't really speak for CrossFit, of course, uh, anymore, not being there. But when you're talking about a chronic disease population or people that already have type 2 diabetes, what you might do to change that uh, health paradigm is different than what you would recommend to uh, otherwise healthy individuals. And so there, I think that's also, that's something that's lost in there just because somebody might do a keto diet for a type two diabetic doesn't mean that you would necessarily do that as like a thin active crossfitter. Okay. So, so let's just say hypothetically, I buy into the 800 gram fruits sure. and veggies okay. and I, I love fruit, so I can eat a lot of fruit. Do um, but, uh, what's the rest of it look like, like from a protein standpoint? And I, I'm not a huge, pro, I'm not a huge protein guy. You just eat whatever you want protein wise. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have put out some recommendations for protein that people want to add on to this, but I really consider this kind of the baseline level because that's kind of what we're going back for the new year's resolution. If I give you six rules right now, <laughs> it's going to be too overwhelming. It's like, Oh my God, what do I have to keep track of? It's like, no, let's just get the fruits and veggies happening. And uh, yeah, I mean, eat protein at your meals. It'll be fine. And then once you're ready for more, we can talk about more specifics later. Do you have a, a preference on the protein side? Like I've, I've heard so much debate lately, like obviously, you know, the CrossFit group are really into fatty meats. So they want you eating like salmons and ribeyes, like, you know, real fatty cuts of meat. And they actually, at the last, um, the last health conference I was at, they went all in. The chicken's terrible for you. Like I nearly fell out of my chair. And, but then, you know, I run into other nutritionists. So like, oh, no, no, no. Chicken's like the greatest thing on the planet. Do you, yeah. do you, does it even matter? So, yeah, there's so many ways to go with that question. I, I love it. But it's like, I think we also have to put in perspective, what are people currently eating? If 80% of people, and that's according to USDA, aren't eating enough fruits and vegetables, like why are we telling people not to eat like grilled chicken? You know, what's happening out there in the American diet is so much processed carbs and fat that whether or not salmon is more ideal than chicken is so far removed from what is happening in most people's day-to-day diets that it's just like, I don't even want to have that conversation. You know, I actually think chicken is great. I think it should be recommended. I don't think the diet should be only chicken, <laughs> hence the 800 gram challenge. But I think that's what we sort of can start talking about all these lab studies and what's most optimal. It's like, why are we talking about optimal and no one's even at consistent yet? Well, all right. Well, how about salmon versus Chick-fil-A? <laughs> this, is, this is an important question because they put one right down the street from my house and Chick-fil-A is delicious. I, like. I say go for the Chick-fil-A. No, but there's an interesting point there besides the joke. And that is 
yeah, salmon's going to be better than Chick-fil-A on average, but it also depends what the rest of the diet is. I mean, if you already have a lot of fat in the diet, going for the less fatty meat might be the better option because you're trying to get the right amount of fat, carbs, and protein from all these different food sources that have mixed amounts of that in addition to vitamins, minerals, et cetera. So no diet will ever look like all salmon or all chicken or all spinach to be optimal. It's really the mixture of them that makes something optimal. So I, I've made a lot of jokes here. I got a pretty good diet for whatever that's worth. Um, <laughs> hum, a little humble brag there for you. But uh, uh, so I say that with a glass of wine next to me. But, um, I, you know, I guess the like the real thing I see with people is they struggle of knowing where to start. Like if someone mm-hmm. was going to particularly like, you know, I'm passionate about new CrossFitters. I've, I've been saying this forever. My biggest beef, I hope Greg listens to this. This is my biggest thing that pisses me off about CrossFit. Uh, their website's kind of cool and they give good recipes and, and, you know, give you things to eat, but there's no starting point. There's mm-hmm. no like app that someone can download and say, just start here. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I were, you know, kind of a new to CrossFit, you're familiar with the sport or, you know, the mm-hmm. workout program. And I needed to change my diet to kind of optimize what I'm doing. Like what's mm-hmm. a, just give me one thing I can do yeah. to, to, to get on the right path. You know, I think it fits in line with Greg's philosophy why they don't have that, but they do have it in some ways, eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. Damn, that was good. Look at you. (laughs) So there is, and I remember hearing that at my first level one back in 2006, and I remember thinking that can't be it. And, and really it kind of is an application. Yeah. We can learn a lot more about the physiology, but yeah, it's like stop eating the processed carbs and fat. Right. Um, I would suggest 800 gram challenge because it's even more simple than that. But I think the other point there is you know, where can we meet the person? Because 800 gram challenge or even eat meat and vegetables is going to be too difficult for some. It might be for some, hey, we're going to cut back on soda. And that's the thing about nutrition that I think gets lost in the weeds. We have this great understanding about coaching and scaling movements and scaling CrossFit. And we have to apply that same coaching knowledge to nutrition. Where can I get some buy-in, but also make a change? And so it can be different for everybody. It doesn't mean that we're all unique snowflakes in terms of our physiology, but it does mean that somebody might have to start with cutting out uh, sugar and somebody else might be ready for macros. Why do you think more coaches don't talk about this? Like I, it's a, another pet peeve um, hmm. is like I get into gyms and we're really, really good about teaching people the overhead squat and how to snatch. And although I admittedly do that very poorly, <laughs> um, but you know, to teach like kind of the basic fundamentals of the movement and in the nine years I've been doing this, I don't think I've run into any gyms that teach you the fundamentals of hmm. what you're describing here. Why do you think that is? Hmm. I would say there's definitely some that are, you know, in my experience, I've been at a few across the country. I think there are definitely some with very strong nutrition programs, but I also think people open up gyms because they love fitness, right? <laughs> you Fair know, I, like I, you know, have a nutrition business. I'm also not trying to write programming online or whatever it is. And so I think there's a little bit of that is, Hey, they're trying to be the experts in coaching people in movement. And then to open up a whole side nutrition practice, it really does require focus and some level of knowledge, right? To execute on it. And so some of it, I think is just staying in their lane. Yeah, that makes sense. So you can see me on video, but the people watching or listening aren't going to be able to see this, but you can see my cat. Okay. <laughs> I was curious. <laughs> Bean is kind of a star of the, of the podcast. He likes to jump. Anytime I'm talking to somebody, he likes to come see what the hell's going on. Okay. So I, yeah. <laughs> I, I like to talk to the guests while I'm stroking the cat and look like a Bond villain. That's kind of, <laughs> okay, perfect. kind of what I like to do. Yeah, I struggle with that, though. Like, I I don't know. Like, I, I just look back at with regret, maybe my first few mm. years in CrossFit. Um, 
of, you know, and it's my own fault. I'm not blaming my coaches of not like really finding a good starting point and not maybe being as effective as I could have been early on. Like, where would you steer people? Like, is this something that would steer to you? Is there like a yeah. resource that you would send them to to say, Hey, this is, you know, probably a place to start looking for your, your best resources. Yeah. I mean, I, there are lots of different people out there. I mean, I, I do some B2B and B2C products, but there's lots of different people that have, you know, macros coaching or one-on-one coaching that are out there in the community. Um, I think also too, it is smart for coaches to just be aware that there's a lot of state regs around nutrition and what you're allowed to say and what you're allowed to do. And so some level of protection around that is, is smart because <laughs> people can start recommending things way outside of scope. But yeah, I mean, I think for a coach, they should at the very least have something that they've tried, they've done, feel good recommending to their members. And then whether or not it's in like the intro uh, welcome emails or part of the foundation series or whatever it is, is at least pushing people towards some resources of like, hey, check this out. So when I started, paleo was the rage. Correct. I'm going to give you like my my journey here the diet history. Oh yeah. You're going to be like, man, <laughs> Willie has been doing this for a while. So paleo was a rage and I did it for a while and it, it worked for the record. Paleo really works. Not because it's like the magic diet, I think, but because it's just like the low hanging fruit of diets. Like it, mm-hmm. it got me off of McDonald's and all of a sudden I'm only eating things that grow and you're like, okay, I feel better. Correct. Um, and so from there, um, then macros came in like, mm-hmm. well, let me back up. It was paleo and then it was uh, the zone diet was the mm-hmm. big one everyone was doing. And I couldn't, admittedly, can't do the zone diet because I can't count blocks. I don't know what the hell that means. I still don't know what it means. <laughs> and uh, then somewhere in there became intermittent fasting, keto, mm-hmm. and flexible dieting, like kind of all rushed in at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um I bought into the intermittent fasting piece only because I don't like to eat breakfast and I really love coffee. So it works out in my lifestyle, but it doesn't change anything else for me okay. diet wise. Um, but macros seem to be the point to all this is macros is kind of like the, the diet du jour right now of CrossFitters. So yeah. do you like, what's your opinion of the whole macros craze? Yeah. Well, I was actually going to first just address all of the crazes in general is that I think what people get really confused on is they're like, oh my God, this is a totally new diet. When there's two principles that just keep getting altered, quality and quantity, and they just keep playing around with those in different ways. You know, and macros we see controls more quantity, paleo controls more quality. And so we can keep recycling these ideas. And I was like, oh my God, it's a new diet. And so like, no, no, they're just cutting down on how much you eat and or making you eat more whole foods. Um, for macros, I think... I think there's a couple things there. I think there's huge amount of education there. If until you've weighed and measured your food, I think things in nutrition will be very confusing. It's when you actually put the stuff on the scale and you put it in my fitness pal or whatever app. And you're like, Oh, a cucumber has like 24 calories. And Oh, a beer has like 160 to 200. Oh, the problem my diet's the beer, <laughs> but actually going through those steps is like really educational for people. And they're like, Oh, it's the ice cream I'm eating. Oh. And until they do that, I think it's always like, I've tried all these things and it's like, you got to look at the data. And so that really helps sort of audit the data. That being said, I don't think most people want to weigh and measure their food forever. And so I think um, that's some of what I'm trying to bring some voice to the space is like, hey, there are other ways that we can go about this that, yeah, you might not have to weigh and measure forever and still get the results that you want. Okay. So I love that idea because I hate weighing and measuring. Hate it. I'd also like to circle back and say cucumber was the problem, not the beer. (laughs) No chance. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) 
but so help me that. So how do I get away with not measure, weighing and measuring? Cause yeah. I hate that. Like I mm-hmm. literally, if there's one thing you said, you, Hey, you had to get out this. And I have the scale in my kitchen right now. Mm-hmm. Got to get out the scale to weigh out four ounces of meat and mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I like, I just want to put a gun in my mouth. I hate it. <laughs> How do I do it? Yeah, well, you kind of already answered your own question with paleo, right? You said that had great success and it wasn't because it was magic, but you stopped eating all the fries or whatever and you're eating more high quality foods. It's whatever habit or system you can put in place that basically allows you to do that. And that's one of the things with the, behind the 800 gram challenge. It's forcing people to have more fruits and vegetables. It's not magic. Now, why that's different than let's say paleo is we actually have a number to hit. You know, if you're just sort of like, oh, I'm going to eat more fruits and veggies today. There's no standard. It's just like CrossFit and measuring your workouts. You want to have some sort of standards so you can hold yourself accountable. But some people pull it off with intermittent fasting. Some people pull it off literally with drinking more water. It's whatever you have mostly whole on processed foods diet and how you want to go about doing that. And that's why people find success with so many different things. It's just what kind of jives with their beliefs, habits, lifestyle, et cetera. So how do you balance this with the aesthetic? Because if we're being honest, mm. there's a lot of people, particularly in the first of the year, the, the people that we're talking about here, they're going, I want to do this because I want to get fit. But what they're really saying is, mm-hmm. I want you to be able to see my abs. Correct. So how do you balance that? Yeah. Macros is going to get you there. I don't want to say, I guess the fastest for most people, because it's the most control but it also requires the most amount of work. And so that's when people, they try these different diets and they don't have success. I'm like, let's do macros. Let's figure out what's really going on. And then maybe we can back away with it. But if you really want to have the six pack abs, we got it real specific and real tight on the diet. And I say this a lot, but there's like a reason why bodybuilders are weighing steamed chicken breast and broccoli, because when you want to be that lean, every calorie matters. The more exacting you want your physique to look, the more exacting you have to be with your diet. Um, of course, I should just put a caveat in there that people can take that a little bit too far um, to the end of the spectrum, and we wouldn't want them to have the abs at the expense of their health. But yeah, generally macros is going to get them there faster because you have most control once you're eating. I struggle with that, like I, you know, particularly um, uh, you want, like I see I look at Instagram a lot. Shocking, I know to everyone <laughs> listening. Wow, uh, and I know right, and I follow a lot of games athletes, and om- you know, almost all of them, if not. You know, 99% of them have visible, like really mm-hmm. kind of rocking abs, you know? Correct. And I think people look at, you know, and of course these are the top 1% of all humans, not even just CrossFit athletes. And I think people look at that and they're like, okay, well, you know, I've got to do what they do in order to get that. And it's not obtainable. Like I've, I've personally tried it. It is not obtainable. I've had the, you know, done the six, you know, the six months where you have no alcohol. It was a horrible six months, by the way. And, uh, you know, the really meticulous diet and it's like, it was almost impossible for me to get there. Like, how do you, you know, as a nutritionist, I've got to believe you're running into, to, you know, people, athletes, customers, whoever that are running into the same problem head first of going, I want abs. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so incredibly hard to yes. get them visible. Like, how do you, yep. how do you help people stay on track and not just go, all right, screw it. I'm going to get the ice cream. I'm done. Yeah. Well, it's kind of part of that is just what you've already described. It's like, yeah, and that's the level of effort it's going to take. And we need, even when you felt you were meticulous for six months, if you didn't have the visible abs, that means we could have gotten more meticulous. Um, And, you know, when you see the Matt Frasers or whoever with the abs popping out all over the place, it's like, yeah, but let's also look at their workout volume. I mean, are you anywhere close to that volume and intensity? And it's like, no. So, 
I think it's a little bit of reality and a little bit of just like, Hey, if you really want that, okay. But this is like, (laughs) this is not a fun process and you got to be willing to like really, really want this. Yeah. I don't want it that bad. Exactly. And that's, (laughs) and to be honest, that's the same for me too. It's just like the level of effort that it requires to have that level of leanness. I don't find pays off for me in terms of enjoyment of life, um, sanity, (laughs) having a glass of wine, et cetera. Yeah. I, I, uh, my coach is a games athlete and I watch okay. how he lives his life and a great kid. And he's a kid, you know, like his early twenties, he's a young man. He'd punch me for I'm a kid, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to your point, like I, I can't keep up with that level of intensity. That kid trains four hours a day and, mm-hmm. and, and then I'll watch him sitting there feeling guilty as he's eating his chicken and rice, you know, right. and right. you know, tiny little, tiny little amounts. I'm like, there Oh my God. Something else. I think, uh, I did a post on it as well, but like, I don't know if they're still doing it. I can't speak for them, but like Rich, Froning and uh, Bridges were playing around with intermittent, intermittent fasting. Oh yeah, so Rich I, does that for sure. Yeah. And I was getting questions about intermittent fasting in games athletes. And I was like, guys, be really clear that the results that Rich and uh, Josh have in the gym has very little to do with when they're eating, <laughs> has very little to do in the fact that they've worked their rear ends off for years. Um, and so that's where we can sort of get lost too with these games athletes. It's like, oh, I want to follow their nutrition plan. It's also like, yeah, and you got to keep up with the last 10, 15 plus years of really high intensity training they've done. Yeah. I mean, I'm mostly intermittent fast and I, I listened to a podcast that Rich was talking about this on. Um, mm-hmm. and he's, you know, he's like, yeah, I don't eat until one o'clock and I do two workouts in the morning prior to one o'clock. And I'm sitting there going, I would die. And I don't mean like I would figuratively <laughs> die. I would actually, actually die. Like, I don't know how he does it. And so, you know, and, and I'm smart enough to know better, you know, I just, I can't put my body through that. But, um, so for intermittent fasting works for me because of, you know, I don't like to eat breakfast. I usually eat 1230 anyway, mm-hmm. you know, and I can consume those calories, you know, 1230 to 8 PM and I can still get in, you know, kind of all my nutrition in that window. Um, but I worried about that too. I mean, it, are you seeing any consequences of people trying this and kind of the same thing going, Oh my God, this is killing me. And Oh yeah. Yeah. People all the time, they'll be like, well, I tried it and I bonk in the morning workouts. I work out at 5.30 AM and I'm like, well, stop doing it. Because it's like, if you're setting aside this time to go work out and with intensity, and that's where we get results, why the heck are you starving yourself and bonking? It's like shooting yourself in the foot. And so, yeah, people do have a different response to it, but it also, because there's so many factors that go into it. Like when did they last eat? What did they have for that last meal? If it wasn't enough to sustain them through the morning, of course, they're going to be hungry. If it's like this really large meal right at I don't know, 11 PM, you know, fasting at 5 30 AM is going to be just fine. And so that's where people get like hung up on. It's like, Oh, well, Rich is doing it. It must work for performance. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Rich has performance, high performance for a lot of reasons that have nothing to do with intermittent fasting. <laughs> yeah. Rich is superhuman. I mean, he really is. He's a great guy. He's absolutely yes. superhuman. Yes. I, uh, I don't know how the 5 30 AM people do it. When I go to 5 30 AM CrossFit, I'm on my third lunch by like nine o'clock. <laughs> I know. I know. I used to do that in my early days. And gosh, once you give that up, you just <laughs> never go back to early. <laughs> Oh yeah. It's uh, there's uh there's zero chance that I could uh, do five thirty AM and intermittent fast. I mean, like I roll home and I'm like, all right, what can I, I got to scramble some eggs real quick and eat a banana or I'm just going to fall out. Yep. Absolutely not worth it to me. Totally. Uh, uh, so for you personally, like when you, I mean, you've been, you know, part of CrossFit for a while, like, mm-hmm. is, are you, you know, kind of hardcore into this 800 gram fruit and vegetable thing for yourself? Or like, if you found something that just works for you? Yeah, <clears throat> I would say I'm pretty hardcore into it, which is 
one of the reasons that I keep pushing out to other people because it's like I've been around for a while. I've tried a lot of things. And this I find find gives me that balance of quality and quantity, keeping some accountability, but not like whipping out the app to like log everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then I also add some protein at main meals on top of it. And that's about it. Because after that, then I worry about sleep and working out hard and all these other things, because that's what's going to pay off more than getting into the weeds of, I don't know, whatever crazy supplement that I need to take, you know, et cetera. What are the benefits? Like, uh, you know, obviously like we've covered some of the benefits, but like when you think of like your personal health, like, mm-hmm. like what, what are the things that jump out at you go, man, th- this is definitively better because I do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, some of that I actually can't answer for you, but what we, the immediate is like, Hey, feel better more energy, that type of stuff. Right. Also weight control. But one of the things that we find in the literature, that's probably the most common is that whole foods are associated with health. When you look at like which cultures live the longest and who's not getting chronic disease, it's people that are eating whole foods. Now, some might be eating more salmon and some might be eating more, you know, sweet potato, whatever it is, but the commonality is they're eating more whole foods. And so what we know is that it's more associated with longevity and health. Um, Does that guarantee my health? Do I know it's going to pay off when I'm 90? No, but that's the idea is like, I'm putting in some investment because I do think it will pay off in the long term because we've seen it for many, many cultures in front of us. <laughs> and it's not, not just diet. I mean, you've got to have the physical aspect mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. For totally. sure. The exercise, staying mobile. I mean, gosh, what is it? The Okinawa population that they're known for living into their nineties. They're all still, you know, like farming at 90 and you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Staying active, staying mobile community, decreased stress, all these really basic concepts that really do shake out in terms of the accuracy with the physiology, but they're in application. It's like, yeah, eat more whole unprocessed foods and stuff eating the, I don't know, chips. <laughs> yeah. Well, my grand, my grandfather lived to be, how old was he? 97. His wife lived to be 95. You know, they were, but they, you know, it's a deep South Mississippi, but they were farmers and they raised their own meat. They raised their own vegetables. He had bacon every single morning, but he was out in the field plowing every day, like as active as the day is long, you know, it mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't CrossFit, but it's probably harder. Yeah. Um, you know, and, sure. and and lived a very long, healthy life, eating what most, you know, a lot of nutritionists would tell you is, is, you know, crap food, you know, you have bacon and, and biscuits, but it was, you know, the biscuits were made from flour that they ground and, and the, the, uh, you know, the, the pork for the bacon came from a pig that they raced. Of course. You know? And it's at the caloric load that he needed. I mean, he's out doing manual labor all day. Biscuits and bacon becomes a real problem when you're sitting and doing a desk job all day. <laughs> well, I love some biscuits and bacon even now, though, even, even with my desk job. <laughs> Just a smaller amount than perhaps your father needed. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. I can eat a pretty good amount of biscuits and bacon, <laughs> to, to say the least. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of interested to see what this new year is going to look like for everyone. It, you know, I, I haven't paid it a lot of attention the last few years, but I'm in a new gym this year. And so okay. I know we'll get a lot of new members. And so I'm I'm really interested to see as they come in, like, you know, kind of the impact. Um, for me, I you know, I would I would honestly like to kind of get back to paleo. I think for me, I felt healthiest on that mm-hmm. over the years. But I like your this kind of concept of the 800 grams. So I'm going to have to look into this farther. I'd love to hear how it goes for you. <laughs> well, I mean, I love, you know, that's, it was always my problem with the paleo. I, you know, and particularly around CrossFit is they were kind of steering us off the fruits, you know? And so 
I felt like I was eating too many nuts. So it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah. Like, and this is the other thing too. It's like, turns out we're doing high intensity training with CrossFit and guess what fuels that carbohydrate. And so when you go super low carb, yeah. And you end up eating like a jar of almond butter, you feel terrible, not only from maybe a weight gain perspective, but also from a performance perspective. Yeah. I, I just always felt slower. I don't know yeah. if that's the right way to view it. Uh, you know, Rich probably could eat a entire jar of all yes. butter and win the games, but correct. He could. <laughs> I, I can't quite pull that off. So, so what's next for you and, and your business? Like, what are you guys working on? Yeah. Yeah. I just released a masterclass, which is to help people make sense of all the noise out there. Um, I'd like to keep growing that and getting people drawing to that. It includes kind of an eight week program that I'm, I'm kicking off in January with some live group coaching. And, and the whole idea there is my goal is really to end people's nutrition confusion. I think it can be done. <laughs> All right. Well, well, look, both, both of my followers on this podcast want to hear it. So give it the shout out. Where are they going to find it? Where yeah. At optimizemenutrition.com. All right. And uh, is it special tab or where? where no, they, right on the front page. They can't miss it. If they miss it, they probably shouldn't start the course. <laughs> You're talking to meme followers here, right? So you got to be really, really specific. <laughs> Top of the page. That's all you can click on. <laughs> okay. Well, look, I, I'm going to, I'm going to dig into it. Um, yes. I think what we should do. So here, I'm going to give myself a challenge. I wasn't planning, to do this, but I'm going to do it. So I'll dig into it. We should schedule a, maybe a follow-up podcast. I don't know. We'll, we'll just figure this out on the fly. I don't know. How, how far along should we do them? Like check-ins? Yeah, whenever you want. I mean, oh, no, not you're, daily. You're, you're, the bo- <laughs> you're the boss. Like, like I want to see how it's going in a month, at least if you did it for a month. And then we can also check out past that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'll come, now you got to get me past Christmas. I mean, come on. It's the holiday season. <laughs> hey, I'm doing it through the holidays. I'm posting my stories every day of what See, I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, but you're just bragging. I'm, I'm, an old, I'm old and, you know. All right. Well, uh, kick, you'll kick off January 1 and we're going to talk on January 30th. I'll, I'll lightly start now. <laughs> I'll I love when people in. are like, I need to start in the new year. Cause I'm like, wait, you need to start with fruits and vegetables on January yeah. one. You can't do it now. Yeah. So this is why I tell people I'm not a role model. Cause this is kind of dumb shit I do. Um, <laughs> all right. I'll, here's what we'll do. I'm I'll read it this week. Okay. I'll, I'll start prior to the holidays. That's fine. I mean, cause you know, it, this is true. Like I think of this all the time and if I could give anyone a message, I'm not a nutritionist, but if I'm going to give them one, like, when you really think about it, it's not like I'm going to be sitting around, you know, shoveling ice cream into my face for two weeks. Like you have Christmas day, Correct. which is one meal. Cause I'm going to sleep most of that day. Let's be honest. And then, uh, and then you got new year's day and I'm going to be driving, traveling with my kids anyway. So yeah, we're not talking about, you know, 14 days of debauchery here. <laughs> not that I'm opposed to that. Um, it's exactly. going to be two, it's going to be two days. So I'll, I'll read it. Great. Um, I'll start. And then we'll touch base. So what were we saying? Like uh, January 31st, is that fair? Sure. Like right at the end of the month. So we'll, yeah. we'll schedule something then and discuss the impact. So what do you need to know about me between now and then? Like what's, what's going to, how are you going to judge? Are we just judging how I feel or do I need to do some measurements here? No, I don't want any measurements yet. I mean, do, well, what are your reasons for wanting to do this? Um. I'm a single dude. I want to look good naked. <laughs> Come okay. on. Okay. I, uh, look, I want to be fit. I want to feel yeah. good. That's, yeah. that's the truth. Like, um, I think like anybody else, like, you know, if you could look like Thor, uh, sure. or whoever, whoever has abs, I don't know who has abs. I don't know. I came up with Thor, but, uh, I was going to say not in the most recent one, right? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah. I, I actually kind of look like him now. So that's good. Um, 
man. But yeah, you know, if you can look, you know, if I could look like Rich Froning, that would be great. But so, <laughs> I'm also 49 years old, so that's probably not obtainable. So why don't right. why don't we just say I want to really, I want to feel good, move good, you know, not, I don't want to have chronic disease. <laughs> low low thresholds here. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of this, and that's what I hear um, most of the time is that people have more energy and they recover faster. So that's why I'm sort of confidently not saying I'm going to ask for anything out of the gates. It's like, yeah, I just need you to do, actually do it, and then we're going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. All right. I can commit to actually doing it. I, that part I can handle. So yes. Okay. And, all right. So then we'll plan for like four weeks out and right. uh, we'll circle back. And then everyone listening can make fun of me when I totally screw this up. When so, you're yeah. like, I quit on day six. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, this has been funny. See, I like yeah. this. Awesome. Thank you I so much. I didn't realize I was going to get a diet challenge out of it. That's I'm right. Little, I'm a little pissed at myself. I like painted myself in a corner. <laughs> you offered, so I didn't even bring it up. Yeah, I know, but I kind of had to. All right. Okay. All right. Well, listen, uh, it's been great. So we'll do this again in about four weeks. Uh, for those of you guys listening, uh, we'll throw it out again and go to optimizemenutrition.com. And you guys should do this with me. Uh, I'm not going to have all of you guys on the podcast, but you can all do it with me and send me your results. And I'll talk about that too if anybody has special stories you want me to shout out. Uh, until then, we appreciate you being on and uh, I will talk to you all soon.